This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. You can find a seat. That'd be great. We're ready to start. And again, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to continue on in our sermon series of following through. You know, this is the time of year where many of us make commitments to Jesus. We make commitments to ourselves, to our family, that we're going to be better. Uh, I've done that. I've done it many years, and I did it again this year. And so um, I've committed to reading more this year. So I've turned on the closed caption on my television, so that should work. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's a hilarious joke. I stole it from my friend. And so, uh, um, <laughs> uh, don't laugh because that just encouraged me to, to be the comedian. Hey, um, you know, uh, David had mighty men that went and got water for him. So, is Dave Blackburn, could you get me a cup of water? That'd be awesome. And you won't have to go through enemy lines to get it, as far as we know. Again, don't laugh because it just encourages me to keep going. Uh, Again, so dear friends in Philippians chapter 2, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important, more important to do what? To follow the Lord's instructions. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you giving you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. And last week, we talked about that and the desire to do what pleases him. We talked about a story in the Bible of, uh, let me just get there, of uh, Joshua, when he says, when they cross over, and they says, but if serving the Lord seems, in Joshua 24, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. And so the whole concept that we were talking about last week is that God works in conjunctions with us as we uh, submit, as the Lord gives us the power to submit to his will, that we continue to do his will, but there is a submission that we must uh, come to grips with. We talked about the Lord's Prayer, which we'll talk a little bit about today. Thy will be done. Your will be done. And so as we are children of God, and we're going to learn more about that and who we are, uh, Joshua says, but if serving the Lord in Joshua 24 seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. And as they live out that choice, their lives determines and can show us who they're serving. So it says here, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But Joshua makes this proclamation, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And that's a powerful statement. He is making a statement that we are going to make a choice, a willful choice, that we are going to serve the Lord. If you know me well enough, if you've been part of our church long enough, you know that I tend to sometimes be an open book, 
And uh, Robin and I just celebrated 32 years of marriage. Yeah, wow. And uh, honestly, I can honestly tell you that it hasn't always been easy. It's very hard to live with Robin, okay? So I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I find it that she just doesn't do exactly as I want her to do, and that makes it tough. Uh, and that's really the truth, isn't it? I really wanted a wife that would submit to me. I wasn't so clear on whether, you know, I kind of said I want her to submit to Jesus. But really, if I look back and I look back in my life, I really wanted her to submit to me. Someone asked me just the other day, what are some key scriptures that really affected your life? And it's that life, in the story years ago, we did this whole thing on, on the book of Daniel and, and the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, which was not an exact replica of, of, of Nebuchadnezzar, but it was kind of a, a close resemblance. And it just dawned on me that I think the scriptures are on purpose it wasn't ex exact, but close resemblance. And, and the idols that I had placed in my life had a close resemblance of me and my image. Ten Commandments, when you shouldn't have any other gods before you and do not make any graven images. And again, it dawned on me that it was me that was that graven image. My will be done, not his will be done. And so 32 years of marriage was not always uh, blissful for us because it was a challenge as we, we tried to... Um, to acknowledge and recognize that really in order for us to, to thrive in our marriage that we need to make Jesus the Lord, the Lord of our house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it wasn't always the case. Sometimes if for me and my house, it's gonna be my way. I know too many, too many couples and in, in, in my family, I've seen it where uh, the tension comes that nobody wants to, Nobody wants to submit to the other, and I understand that. And they haven't come to a point where they're submitting to Jesus. And sadly, uh, I don't know too much of my family history. I don't really have a long family history. But the short family history that I have, there, there was already divorce in our family. So there's a choice that we all have to make. For me and my house... Are we going to serve the Lord? It's a choice. Now, when we make that choice, I believe God enables us to fulfill that promise. We're not left alone. So I would say that when, in year 2020, that we all make this promise, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that you and I today post-Jesus' resurrection, that we are not alone. I can encourage you. We can encourage you. We can all say, don't give up, keep going, keep firm. But really what will help us to follow through in our commitment with Jesus is the Holy Spirit living in our lives. We read a story in Acts 22 where Paul 
was, uh, he had his conversion. And uh, he uh, came to a, per, um, a man's uh, house, Ananias. And then he said, to, the God of our answers has chosen you to know his will. He's talking to Paul. And to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. And so part of God's plan for Paul, and I believe for us, is to know his will. To know his will. That's one of the biggest challenges that we have as we're following Jesus. To know his will. I'll say this quote over and over again. You know, when I was, uh, was challenged by a Christopher Wright, not N.T. Wright, but a Christopher Wright quote, that says, when you're young and you're naive, you say, Lord, what plan do you have for me? What plan is it that you have for me in my life? And he says, when you grow up and you realize and you read scriptures and you mature in the Lord, it's really, what kind of me do you want for your plan? His plan. You know, I had a plan when I was a young, a young buck. You know, I was going to do this. I was going to do that. I was going to save. I came to Tallahassee thinking that God was going to use me to save the godless campus of, of uh, Florida State University. And if you've been here long enough, you heard me say this. What I didn't know was God was using my ego to draw me into his plan so I can, in my mind, go save uh, that wicked campus called Florida State University. Little did I know that what God was going to do was to expose Mario's heart using these wonderful people on campus to expose where I was and the idols that I had in my life. And I've, like my mind was blown. It's like, oh, I get it. I get it. I came here so you can reach me. I came here so you can reach me. And so many times I get that moment in my marriage, like, I get it. I've been married, and this friction that we're struggling with in my, my marriage is so you can reach me. You, you, you opened up a window into my heart and, and showed my wife and my kids the things that I needed to submit to his will. And I think as if we continue to, to follow this this passage of Joshua 20:14, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God will always reveal to us those things that we haven't submitted to him. But Robin and I, for 32 years, we have made a commitment that for this house, we are going to serve the Lord. But it hasn't been easy because it's about God's will, not my will. Now, we, we learned in, in John 3, uh, 4, 34, it says, Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. In John 6, 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Aren't, aren't you glad, and I'm so excited that we can follow our Savior, who's set by example to do the will of the Father. John 7, 17, anyone who chooses to do the will of of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak of my own. God is doing something here, but he reveals a truth. We understand the truth, but now the important part is to do the truth. Now, we read in Romans 7 that Paul talks about the struggle of the carnal nature, that we kind of do what, you know, we don't want to do, and, and the things that we don't want to do, we end up doing. 
But sometimes we forget that we, as believers, if you've given your life to Jesus, submitted your life to Jesus, we live under the banner of Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. And this is a truth, a key that we all must understand in order to fulfill our destiny that God has designed for us. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if this spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to you mortal bodies. We are not alone as followers of Jesus. We recognize that we are not alone. Last week, I shared a, an incredible, uh, sobering story that for all of us, in Jeremiah chapter 35, when I was doing this study and I was reminded of this scripture, I really felt like God just slapped me across the head like a school teacher sometimes, like, pay attention. Pay attention. It's a phenomenal story that Jeremiah uh, heard from the Lord about to go reach and to invite these uh, Rechabite family and invite them to, and, and it says here in verse two, to come into one of the side rooms in, of the house of the Lord and give them wine to drink. And if you know this story, he invites this family, but this family doesn't drink wine. God told him to, to set up a table, a room, Pour them wine. And when he does that, he the family lets them know that they don't drink wine. And so the question was, why would God ask Jeremiah to offer wine to a people who do not drink wine? It's because God was going to teach Jeremiah and his people a lesson. In verse 12, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, Go tell the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, will you not learn a lesson and obey my words, declares the Lord. Jehonadab, son of Rechab, ordered his descendants not to drink wine. And this command has been kept. To this day, they do not drink wine because they obey their forefathers. But I have spoken to you over and over again, yet you have not obeyed me. Again and again, I sent all my servants, the prophets. They said, each of you must turn from your wicked ways and reform your actions. Do not follow other gods or serve them. Then you will live in the land I've given to you and your ancestors. But you have not paid attention or listened. The descendants of Jehonadab, son of Rechab, the Rechabites, have carried out the command their forefathers gave them. But these people have not obeyed me. We are New Testament believers. We not only are children of God, but God has placed in our lives the Holy Spirit in order for us to continue to fulfill his commands, his will for us, our destiny. And God is telling Jeremiah, I have sent prophet after prophet after prophet and you still haven't listened. And that's love for me. He's, he's giving them prophets for love. Just, hey, pay attention. You're, you're doing the wrong things. And, and the prophets would come and, and encourage their people to, to get back 
in their right standing with the Lord, but they fell on deaf ears. And then he has his family. They're not even believers. They don't believe in God, but somehow they can follow the instructions of their forefathers. And they did it so diligently. And for us New Testament believers, how much more are we able to follow through in our commitments for, with Jesus when we have the Holy Spirit filling us, propelling us, and encouraging us, and dict, uh, directing us? That's what I love about Romans 9, is that we have the Holy Spirit. In a kind way, we're saying we, we are without excuse. So that's why I believe we can follow through. I think we can do it. Not by gritting teeth, not by uh, tightening our belts. But by trusting, listening to the Holy Spirit. God can accomplish all those things that he wants in your life if we allow him and we submit to the Holy Spirit. One of the things that we sang about, multiple things that we sang about this morning, is uh, it's a famous uh, army recruiting poster that many of you should know, is that uh, we forget that God wants us. He wants us. When he created creation, he made humans different than the rest of the creation because he wanted a family, us, humanity, and we forget. Our eyes get blinded. We walk down the wrong path of disobedience, and we forget who we are. So I love that the songs, uh, just so you know, uh, Bryce and I, we do not coordinate sermon with worship, uh, the three songs, or the songs that we sing. We don't, we just, I just trust the Lord's leading Bryce, and we're trusting, um, you know, that it's, it's going to work out, and it seems like every week it does work out. And then when Christopher comes and feels led by the Holy Spirit to come and share with, with us as the, the church, again, it's all falling into place in our identity in Christ. But God wants us. When we settle for anything else, we're self-defeating. God has a plan for your life and my life. And he has the best version and plan for your life. I had a plan for my life when I was a young buck. Like, as I said, I, I had my own plan. I thought God was going to do this and this, but God had a different plan. I had forgotten where my true identity lies. I forgot that I am his. Jesus in... Uh, Luke chapter 11 says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, we all know, we just did this sermon series a few months ago. Lord, teach us to pray. And we went on to say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. But at the very end, there's, the story continues. And he goes on in verse 5, then he said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight Say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, do not bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of the friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, I love that, 
He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This scripture should be very familiar to many of us. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? One of the most important questions we can ask ourselves is, Lord, who are we in you? Who are you? Who are we in you? Solomon asked for wisdom. I believe we need to ask, who are we? At the end of the day, we'll ask, who, who do we belong to? So sometimes when you pray, if you ask for pleasure, I guarantee you at the end of that time, uh, might be, it might be pleasant for a moment, but at the end, it will be empty. If you ask for a purpose outside of his will, it will end up empty. We have record of, after record after record of people who try to find fulfillment outside of Christ, and at the end, it's empty. And one thing I, I wrote here is, like, I, God will never betray us with false hope. Now, that's a big statement, isn't it? God will never betray us with false hope. You know, I used to play a game with my kids, and I still do, my grandkids. I used to play with my kids. I have this ability to cut my hands, hit my knee, and make it sound like I have money in my hands. It's a great trick for grandkids. Um, and so recently, my grandkids have gotten older. I'll, I'll, I'll just sit there, and it's like, how many you want Pop Pops to give you the money in his hands, the coins? You know, so I, I start making the sound, and they're like, yes. <laughs> and then I give them this false hope, and I said, okay, just open up my hands, and then there's nothing in there. Now, they're still, they're still so young that they fall for that trick every, every time they visit. That may sound a little cruel. It is, but it's very entertaining. That's not the Holy Spirit. It's not God. God does not betray us with false hope. That's why when Moses, you know, that song that we sang, uh, I can't even think of it, but basically, he's never failed us. He's never failed me. I'm always like, sometimes we, we place onto God our projections and how things should unfold. And when they don't unfold that way, we project that onto God. God does not betray us with false hope. And he fills us with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't betray us with false hope. And there lies the rub, one of the biggest challenges. How do we listen to the Holy Spirit? How do we listen to the Holy Spirit? One of the things I think we can do to listen to the Holy Spirit is just be. Be, in other words, understand and just relax and know that who you belong to. Who do you belong to? In John chapter 19, it says in verse 7, the Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law, 
And according to the law, Jesus must die. He must die. Because he claims, who does he belong to? He claims to be the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. And you know the story. In John chapter 20, Jesus says, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the to who? The Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And so we see here that Jesus belongs to God. He claims he's of the family of God in John chapter 19. And today I want to challenge us at Mosaic Church that we find our identity in Jesus. You know, sometimes people want to find their identity in, in their culture, which I believe is awesome. You know, there's awesome cultures out there. As you know, my story for some of you, I was, my mom was, we don't have little kids here, right? She was basically a bastard child, an unwanted child, a mistake. My grandfather had an affair or had, took advantage of the servant lit girl a 15-year-old girl that came in and lived in her house and cleaned their house. My rich, at that time he was probably 18 years old, aristocrat man, you know, subdues the poor servant girl, the town girl. I don't really know my family. My dad was orphaned at age 10. I don't really, he never had a lot of, you know, I don't, I don't really have uncles. I don't, I don't know any of my great-grandparents. I don't know where they came from. We kind of know from uh, Ancestry.com they come from, well, I thought they came from Italy, but they don't. That's a whole other story. Got to ask my mom and dad about. So I can't say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a proud Italian or a proud Colombian. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know who I belong to today. I don't have a history. But I do know that I belong in, in Jesus. Amen. And that's where I find my identity, my true identity. There's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. Do you have the picture of the two young ladies there? The story is that these girls were in a van and they got in a car wreck. And there was bodies sprawled out everywhere. And so the first responders came, and they saw an identification card next to a body, and they, and they, uh, they tagged the girl. And so uh, the one girl on the left, I believe, is called, what's her name there? It says Laura. And the girl on the right, Whitney. They had said that uh, Laura died and, excuse me, uh, Whitney died and Laura survived. So for, uh, I forget how many weeks, the parents the, would go visit this young girl with blonde hair, but her whole face was so swollen and bandaged up that um, they just thought their daughter was alive. And the other set of parents thought their other daughter had passed away. It wasn't until her brain swelling uh, came down, and when the counselor at the hospital asked her to write her name, she wrote, Whitney. Whitney. 
And for five weeks, I think it was, the Laura's family was next to Whitney the whole time thinking it was their daughter, Laura. It was a, it was a tragedy. 2006 up in, uh, in Indiana, uh, Taylor University. But one thing we know about that story is pretty intriguing and all sorts of things we can maybe extrapolate from that story is that, um, that the girl, whomever that was being prayed for at the time, nobody knew, but it was uh, identified through family. And who she was, was was determined by her family. Now, she was bandaged up and swollen and they'd mistaken who she was, but it was her family. She found her identity uh, they find identity through the family. And I believe that we all carry a deep-seated bond to those we know and love. It is intriguing why I think uh, my grandkids are the best-looking grandkids on the planet. They're a tiny bit better than your kids. I don't, but, but there is a reason why I think that. And there's a reason why you think your kids are are the cutest and the funniest and the smartest. There's a reason for it because there's this, this deep connection that you have. And I understand that. And it makes sense. There's a, a big reason where I feel more connected to you than people outside these walls. You know, I, I don't just go visit people at the hospital just, just to do that. But if you're there... I'll come visit you, possibly. Most likely, I will visit you. Why? Because I care. Your family, we find identity in that. We find identity from people we care and love. We find identity. And the reason I share this story, and it's not a perfect story to share in a sense like what I'm trying to say is, but I'm saying that we can find our true identity in Jesus. God loves us so much that we were lost in this uh, forest of sin in our own lives, and, he, and we sang this song, and he, and he comes down, and, he, and I like to, for my life, I feel like God dumpster dived into this nasty uh, dumpster that's filled with trash and, and water and, and, and polluted, and he dives down, and, and he, he finds me. And he says, that's my child. You're his children, and he cares about you. And he loves you. He made you. And I will always love to talk about when I was found, my identity changed. When I was young, I, I, didn't, I didn't find pride in, in anything other than my own abilities. But when I became a believer, a follower of Jesus, I found that my true Worth, self-worth, and it, it was, it was, uh, it took time for me to, and I don't fully understand it, but it's taken me time to get to this point where, like, my identity is in Jesus. Is in Jesus. You know, we're trying to find our identity. We're trying to uh, see, you know, what what gives us purpose and and gives us a, a vision for our own lives. And and we come up with our own dumb plans. You know, that we think that uh, this will do it. Education will do it. Money will do it. Fame will do it. Drugs will do it. Relationship will do it. And at the end, these are just foolish plans that we have. Somehow, we're just trying to find our identity. Self-sufficiency. 
You know, all those things that lead to a dead end. And so I believe God has enabled us through his Holy Spirit to follow through as we recognize who we belong to. I'll tell my family now, um, and this is probably something only recently, maybe the last 10 years. And I could say the last 10 years really has been, 10 to 12 years, has really been a change in our family dynamics. Is I told them and I tell them that we are not Solaris first. We're not Italian first. We're not Colombian first. We're not Spaniard first. We are Christians first. So, which meant that we have a higher standard, different standard to live by. Because our identity to be a Christian is to say my identity is in Christ. And to be a Christian, that means we have the Holy Spirit to live out his will. As we choose for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We are saying, God, I, I synchronize my life to your plan. I synchronize my life to your plan. It's not the other way around. We're not saying, God, synchronize your life to my plan. And so too many of us maybe come to church thinking that, I believe that's what Christopher was talking about, is that somehow we want uh, God to adjust to our lives. And the, it's the other way around, that we adjust, we submit our lives to him. We plug in, as the word he used, we plug into his life. And it's in his life we finally find our true identity. And he gives us the Holy Spirit in order to live it out. And so if a godless people can follow some rule about, you know, a tradition of not drinking wine, and they've done it marvelously, and God bless them with no help of the Holy Spirit, no breaking free from the blood of Christ, none of that, but they were able to fulfill that promise. How much more are we able to fulfill the promise to live that life that we want to, to bring him the greatest glory as he fills us with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit convicts us. In the Old Testament, they send prophets to convict you and, and to convict me. But now the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us in that voice. Don't go that direction. Don't do that. Do this. And we listen, and, and, we, be, and we learn to be, in his, not just in his presence, but to be and listen to his will. I know that sometimes that might seem a little abstract and you can read some things about doing his will by reading the word. And God will direct your life by reading his word. How do we follow through? We follow through by his Holy Spirit. We understand, we also follow through by understanding that we're no longer orphans or slaves, but we are children of God. And we express being children of God by doing his will. That's why doing your own will does not reflect being a child of God. We do his will. He's the one that created us. And the other thing that we follow through is that he continues to empower us through his Holy Spirit. And God wants to remind us that we're capable of following through that day that we raised our hands and said, Lord, I'm a child of God, and he can, he can help us live that out. He can help us live that out if we continue to walk in his plan and purpose 
submit to his will. I'm gonna ask the band to come on up and we're gonna sing that second song and, and just to reaffirm, uh, remind, and that's what this is about is reminding us who we are. It's so easy to lose focus. In your weakest moments and your greatest temptations of sin is because you forget who you belong to. You forget. I used to deal with young college students all the time and, and it seemed like our young, uh, our young men who were part of the campus ministry would forget when they find themselves with a girlfriend or a girl forget when she's fine with her boy. They forget. They forget who they belong to. As we grow older, maybe our finances, we forget who we belong to or maybe how we treat our, our spouses or our children. We forget. And God wants to remind us today that we've been bought with a price. He's filled us with this Holy Spirit and he's empowered us to live the life he's called us to live as his children, as his children. And we walk that out and we flesh that out by being obedient to his will. Let's go ahead and stand and let's just sing this song uh, as a, just a reminder of who we belong to. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.